Hey everyone, I'm Elias Sepeda. Welcome to another episode of the Extra Rounds podcast. My co-host, my usual co-host and founding uh, president, I'll give him that title now, Mike Dice, unfortunately isn't here. Um, he's convalescing, uh, but uh, fortunately I've got my teammate, uh, Jimmy O'Shea. Jimmy's been a teammate of mine at uh, TDC MMA for years, probably going on 10 years now. About 10 years, yeah. This is crazy. He's also coached at Mission MMA here in Chicago. And uh, he's a, he, he just went pro with, uh, with submission fight grappling. Yeah, yeah, with fight to win. He had a, 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 a submission win this fall. I know you've got some stuff coming up. Um, but yeah, so Jimmy, thanks for being on as a, as, a, uh, as a guest co-host, brother. It's a pleasure. It's an honor. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so we're really excited. We've got, we, we thought we had two guests coming on, Ryan Hall and uh, Mike Brown. Mike Brown, former world champ. Ryan Hall, tough winner, just won this past weekend. Uh, then we got uh, a text from Farah Sahabi, phenomenal coach, coach and friend of George St. Pierre, Ryan Hall's coach as well, and uh, he was kind enough to want to come on. And uh, we're actually going to jump right towards calling him in a moment because he said that would work for him. So we're going to hopefully have Farah Sahabi on here in a couple minutes. We're also going to talk a little bit about UFC Tool 6, which is coming up. Look back on, on Ryan Hall's really fascinating fight and win over Gray Maynard. Controversial to some people. Controversial to Gray Maynard, certainly. Yeah. And uh, chat with Mike Brown, who's been coaching and has some, and some more people coming up that he's going to be coaching. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. If we can squeeze in this hour some other discussion, we're definitely going to want to do that. Some other really cool stuff has, has happened. Um, so first, I will... In just a minute now, I'm going to go ahead and see if we can get Faras on the line, because this is around the time that... He asked us to call, so we'll do that. We'll see if we get him on the line. If not, we'll continue with our discussion. See if we get Coach Sahabi on. Give us a moment here, guys. Yeah, yes. Hey, Coach. How you doing, sir? How are you? Good, Do, you? Doing well, doing well. I'm, uh, we're here live on the air. I've got my, uh, my guest co-host and my teammate, uh, Jimmy. So it's Jimmy Annalise here. Thanks so much for being on X Rounds Podcast. My pleasure, brother. Glad to be here. Awesome, man. Well, I always love talking with you, Coach. We, we've got a number of things we wanted to chat with you about, including uh, Ryan Hall's uh, fight. We Actually, Ryan's going to be on after you on the show, which is really exciting. We're stoked to talk with both cool. of you guys. Yeah, congrats on that win. I, uh, but I first want to jump into some stuff with George St. Pierre, your longtime student, longtime friend. I know last week I bugged you on, on text message while he was on his conference call with Tim Kennedy, Cowboy, and a lot of the other fighters. And, uh, I, I, was, I, and I, you know, I, I also wrote about it. I was really, really, one, shocked that George was coming out as, so strongly as such an advocate for um, these fighter rights. And uh, I was pleasantly shocked. People know my, my politics on that. Um, were were you surprised that George has has made this move? Well, I knew about it, right? So I mean, uh, it was something that uh, I was told about long before. I wasn't surprised. No, I think it's uh, I think it's a lot of people are just you know they want me they want to make more money. People feel fundamentally underpaid, and uh, the voices are getting louder and louder. People are grumbling more and more. It just it, it was a matter of time, I imagine. Was I wrote and I sent you this article, Coach? I wrote bef- about how, yeah. from from uh, from my perspective on the outside, I don't know George personally at all. I interviewed him a number of times on the phone before he became champ, but I, but I don't know the man. But I remarked that it, it seems like 
earlier in his career, all throughout his career, really, he tried to stay away from controversy, kind of like a Michael Jordan. He knew he knew he was an amazing athlete and he, that he could win and that he could possibly get some some good sponsorship dollars and, and make his career. And he's done that. And he's, you know, he's done all of that. And, but now he's 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 doing the opposite of staying away from controversy. He's running towards it. With, is this the George, these issues, the way he was talking about issues? Is this the George that you've always known in private, but now he's just talking about it in public? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the thing is with George is that he was so focused on his career fighting that he couldn't get involved with politics. But it's not that he's not, he doesn't have an opinion. You know, he has a strong opinion about what should be, but he picks his battles. He's wise. You know, he's not, a, he's not the kind of guy who's going to fight 10 battles at once. He's a smart man. So now that uh, now that he has more time and he's able to give more time to this issue, he's going to do it. But you know, if tomorrow he starts fighting again, he's going to put that priority number one. So George is a very focused guy. When he does something, he does it well. You know, he doesn't want to do it halfway. For, uh, Coach, I, we'll switch gears. Uh, we, we're going to be talking a lot about uh, this this fight, strategy of Ryan's fight. I know Jimmy has, is something he and I have been talking a lot about. I'll hand it over to you, Jimmy, if there's anything you want to, 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 to ask Coach about. It was a, a fascinating strategy that seemed to work really well. Sure, Coach. This is Jimmy. Um, it's a pleasure to speak with you. My question is when you think about athletics, obviously you have to be skilled to compete in such a high-level arena. Um, but when it comes to being a professional as well, there's a level of excitement that has to come in in order to be given, let's say, fights by the matchmakers. Um, how do you guys plan on allevi- alleviating this um, when during this past fight, maybe from the crowd, there was some noticeable booing? Yeah, you know, we received the mixed bag. You know, we got a lot of booing, but we also got a lot of praise. You know, I just put out an Instagram post and a Twitter post and a Facebook post, and everybody's praising Ryan for what he did. People are, are loving it. I think it's also the way you spin it, you know, what the commentator says, how, how the experts, uh, what, what are the experts' opinions on what happened? You know, at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is, the ball the ball was in, was, was, was in the middle of the court. They were fighting for it, and the ball ultimately went into Gray's court, and Gray didn't take a chance. You know, Ryan Hall won round number one. He won round number two. Now, round number two was an easy win, okay? There was nobody who was going to debate round number two. Round number one was tighter. I still gave it to Ryan. But if you put round number one in question, let's say it was one and one, okay? It was just for argument's sake. And we're going into round three. Now, Ryan, in the beginning, the first half of round three is winning. There's no question about it. His kicks are landing, and Gray has not connected a single blow. It's Gray now to take the fight to the ground. Go in the enemy territory and fight. Whereas, why would Ryan get into the boxing range and start to slug with, with uh, Gray? He is winning. So, at the end of the day, when, when, in round three, when he got on top of Ryan, I was telling Gray, get on top, fight. If you want to fight, you keep saying you want to fight. You keep saying, fight, now's your chance, go ahead. And he didn't take it, you know? So, he didn't take the risk needed to win. And that's why I think it might have made a, a bit of a, a, a displease the fans. Ryan was ahead on the cards. He was trying to spin into the legs. He was trying to get the fight in his world. He's winning. That's what the guy who's winning does. You know, if you're, if you're playing football and you're ahead by a touchdown and there's 20 seconds on the clock, don't you take a knee? You take a knee, right? And if you have the ball and you're behind, you throw a Hail Mary. Yes or no? Gray needed to throw a Hail Mary. There was just no, no two ways about it. And I think as the crowds mature and get wiser, they'll start to understand that there's, there's a game being played there. Do you, coach? Do you think, talking now about like the psych, the psychological battle, 
Gray clearly was frustrated. He's talked about it afterwards. He was frustrated. And, you know, for his part, in addition to fighting, Ryan also kind of like taunted him back when he was taunted, you know, being taunted. Psychologically, is there a real benefit to, regardless of what the judges appreciate or don't appreciate, um, you know, maybe they'll see it your way, maybe they won't. But is there an advantage in in a battle of of just really getting in the head and upsetting and, and frustrating your opponent the way that, if nothing else, even if you're, you know, Gray, Gray Maynard's coach and teammate and you see it a completely different way, they have to admit that Gray was frustrated. He didn't want to shake hands after. Is there, a, is there an advantage to that in, in a fight? Well, you know, I like, I like to keep it classy. I like to keep it respectful. I respect everybody, the people in the Octagon, the people outside the Octagon. I respect everyone. But, you know, he flipped Ryan off. He gave Ryan the finger, you know. I mean, it's such total disrespect. So, at the end, he didn't want to shake hands. In the back room, he kind of cursed us a little. You know, he kind of insulted Ryan. His corner came back and apologized for his behavior. They were totally uh, not on board with what Gray was doing. At the, end of the Gray, at the end of the day, Gray needs to learn how to grapple. He needs to get on top of Ryan. He, he, he went to his guard, uh, get on top of him and go get him. Or, strike with him. He had two opportunities. Get on top, and he got an opp- get on top on the ground, and he got an opportunity to strike. He couldn't win either. Well... You know, that's he's got to go back to the drawing board and fix it. He's a dangerous guy. He's a very athletic guy. He's a very experienced fighter. He's an excellent fighter. He's a world-class fighter. But at the end of the day, it came down to the game, and he didn't win the game. You just got to go back and, and, and figure it out. Don't blame Ryan or me or, or, or the opposition. Absolutely not. I mean, that makes no sense. Do you, you know, now, we, in, in the future, in the future, what I do hope is we find an opponent that will grapple with Ryan. So that there won't be... I want the fans also to be happy. Don't get me wrong. You know, I want us to win, and I want the fans to be happy. That's the extremely important. I'm not trying to make light of that. The fans need to be entertained. I totally understand that. And I'll tell you something. We need to now, now that we know that this can happen, we need to put somebody with Ryan that will engage Ryan standing and or on the ground. You know, so that's what we need to find. Well, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, me and Jimmy were talking beforehand. You know, obviously Ryan would love the fight on the ground. But he threw more and landed more on the feet. And he also did some other things like once or twice, I remember I was watching again this morning, Gray kind of walked Ryan uh, uh, backwards to the cage and he started loading up on those big shots. And Ryan mm-hmm. didn't just like turn and run every time. He actually like circled out really nicely. He was hitting, I don't know what you would call it, but he was hitting a like lead uh, side hook, you know, heel kick. To the, oh, check hook kick. They, you know, a, a oh, lot no, no, as well. No, sorry, sorry. In round one, he hit him with a fist. That was a check hook. He cut great. Well, and yeah. And it was the hook kick. The, yeah, hook, the hook kick. Hook kick landed later on round two. Yeah, he landed at a lot. Well. How, how good is yeah, how how much how much improvement have you seen in in Ryan in his in his stand up striking? I chatted a little bit with Kenny Florian as well, who I know spent a lot of time with him. How much? And he says that Ryan's improving everywhere. How much improvement have you seen in him over the last few years in in his striking? Because I will tell you what, he didn't look scared out there. He didn't. We've seen jujitsu no, guys who are terrified, and he didn't look terrified on the feet at all. No, no, he's, a, he's become a seasoned striker. You know, he's become a seasoned striker. The, va- the 80% of the fight was on the feet. 90% of the fight was on the feet. You know, Gray had plenty of time on the feet. Yeah, and, and Ryan was just a better striker. You know, and at the end of the day, that's what it is. The fight was one via striking. Ryan tried to wrestle. Ryan tried to get it to the ground. Ryan, he did. He kept it standing and he tried to get it on the ground. At the end of the day, Gray just didn't throw much. He literally, if you look at his statistics, I mean, he threw maybe... I think he connected one punch the whole fight or two, but he didn't throw much. So why didn't he throw much? I mean, that's for him to answer. Ryan was ready standing. He was ready on the ground, and he did a good job. 
Well, Coach, I know I told you I'd, uh, you, you, uh, we'd get you out of here uh, quickly. I know you have a busy day, but thanks so much for being on X-Rounds Podcast and, and chatting a little bit with, uh, with Jimmy and I. We'll let you go, and uh, keep listening, Thank though, you if guys. you're driving or whatever. we got Ryan on next. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Awesome. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, guys. Bye. So that was interesting. That was a lot of fun talking to uh, to the coach of the guy that we're about to have on as well. Um, what did you think? What did you think about what we heard from coach? It is interesting that he brings up the statistic. Gray's not even throwing very much in the fight. Sure. If you go back and watch it, for the majority of the time, he's controlling the center of the octagon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it becomes his duty to put on the pressure, to offer some kind of solution to the game that is Ryan Hall. Yeah. And the only solution I saw was maybe towards the end of the fight where he's starting to kick the open guard of Ryan's, which he maybe should have been doing the whole time just to land strikes, period. But maybe too little too late, as mm-hmm. we saw. Yeah, yeah. He, he kind of he, he engaged a tiny bit. Too, I think it was in the third. Like, he followed him to the ground yeah. against the cage. But then he stood up. And I'm not saying it's not that the gray shouldn't be smart as well, right? Like, and be tactical, like, engage a little bit. I mean, but... You know, Ryan gave him every look he could on the ground, including like being flat on his back, on his side, giving him his back completely, being against the cage, like it's inverted, too. inverted, yeah. yeah. And and no, it's tricky, but it's tough because we, you know, I mentioned this to you, and I want to see what you what you think about this. I mentioned to us earlier offline, but like, what does Gray Maynard do? Who, by the way, I have a lot of respect for. I think Gray's great. Uh, I think he's for a lot of years was one of the top lightweights in the world. He, he's phenomenal, and now he's back down in featherweight. Um, and he's always going to be a tough guy. But what does Gray want to do? Gray wants to knock you down and out, or he wants to take you down, right? Either way, he wants to get you down. Sure. And he had his opponent in front of him down to start a lot of this fight, right? Giving it to him. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough thing. And I think the range is probably a tough thing, too. Gray, Gray comes with fists, and he has, he has really, really good punches. And then he had a guy that was like in a karate stance with using the kicks. So it was yeah. tough to even get in range to strike, too. You yeah, know? it was a smart tactic um, by Hall's camp. I agree. I think um, Gray really needs to trust in his training. Mm. He doesn't necessarily have to enter into Ryan Hall's game. Yeah, what else could he be doing? But he needs to provide some kind of solution, mm. which we just didn't see. There yeah. just wasn't an answer. That's true. So when you say trust his training, for example... You're like you, like he's been training to deal with someone amazing on the ground. There's I bet no he's mystery. Been, we yeah. know we know what Ryan Hall yeah. is looking for. He's looking to enter the 50-50. He's looking to attack the legs. It's not a surprise. Um, this wasn't a last-minute fight, so right. you have to imagine they brought in somebody yeah. who offered some sort of solution to this. And it seems like he, even with all that training, he just didn't want to engage. Yeah, yeah. I wa- I wonder. It's one of those things, I guess, where sometimes in the moment, a guy in front of you looks and feels different than maybe you anticipated. Oh, they always will. Yeah. I mean, you bring in practice dummies who maybe know the game. They try and emulate Ryan Hall's game. But I think it's really just stepping outside of your comfort zone once the bell rings. Mm. You know, and if you can't flip that mental switch, not saying, you know, I'm just a backseat spectator here. But it's probably tougher than you'd imagine, yeah. I would think. No, no, that's true. I remember one uh, amateur fight 
of mine, we, we took on short notice. And by short notice, I mean like it was five minutes before the, like it was an, oppo- it was an opponent switch. I knew I was fighting, right? But then they, the, the, the guy wasn't there as so they offered you something else. Happens all the time at the low levels. Um, unfortunately, it happens sometimes at the, at the UFC within a week or two or a couple of days. But, um, you know, they gave us a new name. Uh, me and our, our, my coach, Lyndon, you know, our, Lyndon, he, uh, he, we looked at some tape with this guy. We saw it. We were like, all right, we got it. What something that completely escaped us apparently was the fact that this guy was a southpaw because we were like so anxious in the moment. We go out there, and then I only it only dawns on me in that moment that he's a southpaw because he walks out, and I had this one idea that something I was going to do, and then he comes out with a different stance, and I, then like I had no concept in that moment. It felt like an eternity. Uh, then I did something. I got lucky, and you know, got on top. But but for for the moment, you know, it was just completely different than what I had expected, and. You know, at the low level, that happens all the time with guys. But at the high level, you know, even though they're not on that type of notice, they're so good that they can give you they can give you a little surprise or different look. I'm sure Gray didn't expect so many inverted guard pulls like in a fight. I think he maybe expected it. But <laughs> your story brings up a good point, though, is that when you didn't know what to expect out of your opponent what do you do it forces you to just mm. rely on your game yeah right that's you're true. more confident in your game because you don't have anything else you don't have a plan yeah um so plans can get in the way sometimes yeah, yeah maybe true. he had gray just stuck to his game his takedown game his pressure game keep the hips low prevent ryan from getting underneath him Maybe he would have seen more success. Yeah, I mean, I I think you're right. I, I bet Great Maynard isn't easy to submit. Yeah, right. Like, there's no guarantee that had he engaged, he would have been tapped out. That's right. Like, you know, there's there's no reason to believe that would have necessarily happened at all. Especially towards the end of the fight, yeah. you know, you're losing. You know, at that point, a loss is a loss, at yeah. least in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, engage and see see how it goes. It's true. I'm I'm sure it's something that he wishes. I think I even saw some post fight remarks from Great Maynard saying, you know. Yeah, we, I should have yeah. tried to engage more, even though he clearly was pissed off. And mm-hmm. We're here about uh, midway through 2.30 in Chicago Standard Time. We're going to give uh, Ryan Hall a call and uh, see if we can connect with him and, and get his, his take on it. Elias, how are you? Hey, Ryan. Doing well, man. I'm here with uh, my guest co-host, Jimmy, who's a teammate of mine. And you're live on, on the show, brother. Thanks for making time right after your fight. Oh, wow. Thank you guys so much. Hey, Jimmy, how's it going, man? And thank you guys for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Our right, pleasure. Pleasure. You know who we were just on the line with? The first guest of the show was Frost, Frost the Hobby. So it's a, oh, it, it's a big, Ryan Hall's a big topic of discussion on, on today's Extra Rounds, man. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even like hearing about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we've been talking a lot about the strategy and, and how it worked, it worked and, and uh, a lot of different things. It's, 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 it's been really interesting. I know um, Jimmy is a guy that, that I learned from a, a lot. He's really one of my coaches, and, and Jimmy's just getting started out in the uh, professional submission grappling world himself he's a brown belt out um, here yeah right. so he's i know he's got a lot of a, a lot of technical questions he wants to to get into uh, with you as well if you've got something on your mind jim you can you can lead the way if not i definitely can jump in sure ryan uh first off congratulations on the fight thank you so much i want to talk to you about your um the role to the 50 50 um since i've watched you last it looks like you have added these up kicks kind of into the role, which is making them a little more lethal. Um, 
Still relatively low percentage kind of role, though. I think we maybe brought great. Um, I, would, I, would, I, would I would take issue with that, actually, <laughs> the low percentage part. Well, let me finish, and you can uh, put me back in the seat. <laughs> um, what I was going to wonder is if you have any plans. It seems like it's a long kind of sweeping motion. A lot of guys are sprawling, creating distance. I was just wondering... In the future, everyone kind of has seen your game. What plans do you have to modify that, maybe in addition to the up kicks, to increase that percentage? Um, I mean, if the percentage is I, I get no negative result out of it at all, then I don't think it needs to be modified on any level. Um, you know, I've yet to be countered. I've yet to have someone hit me effectively. Um, you know, I, I, I invite anyone to try Ryan, what's the what's the key to not taking damage so far? Is it that that they feel that you're always a threat? Is that is that as immediately when you have contact, you always seem to find an angle to to threaten them? I mean, what you're you're doing things like on the feet when you're when you're throwing the kicks, you're not afraid to get your hips right there. And in, in this last fight, for Gray to potentially grab, and he just was he wasn't taking that bait. You're not afraid to throw a lot of kicks that he could potentially catch and try to go to the ground, even on the ground, and you're rolling, you're inverting. You know, you're giving your back for a moment, but yet people don't feel comfortable even trying a lot of times to to do damage. What do you think the the key is there for you? That that's that, I'm sure that's not accidental. I'm sure it's it's in, totally intentional. It's something that you've been working on. Um, you, you know, I, I do my best. Um, it's uh, you, you play with the you play with the cards that you have. I think, and um, you know, as it stands right now in MMA. You know, wrestling and boxing are, 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 relatively speaking, particularly wrestling, very strong skill sets. Um, you know, and then it may be Muay Thai. Uh, most people, you know, their their grappling level is, uh, you know, mediocre at best. And, um, you know, I, I try to be a little bit different. And, um, you know, as a result of, of those threats, people can, you know, they respond a little bit differently to me. And, and what I find, uh, you know, uh, interesting is that they, they tend not to be willing to try their luck. I would uh, encourage them to give it a shot next time. Who knows what will happen. <laughs> All right. Do you feel liberated to kick so much? Uh, because of something we talked about earlier, you definitely threw and landed way more on the feet than Gray Maynard for for all any criticism he wants to to lobby your way. Like you won it on the fight on the feet and on the ground. Do you feel liberated throwing so many kicks because you're not worried about fighting on the ground? Um, yeah, I mean, if, uh, you know, again, we, we play with the cards that, that we have and, and I guess the hand that we're dealt, you know, as, as it is. And, uh, you know, some people, you know, the, the, the common wisdom, you know, years back, I guess the thought was that, oh, uh, the wrestler guy can just come forward and throw punches because if you shoot on him, he'll sprawl or something like that. And, uh, yeah, if, uh, if you're not willing to, um, I, I'm staying in a range where it's difficult for people to do certain things on the feet. And, uh, I mean, it, it puts them, you know, a little bit of a, at a little bit of a disadvantage if they want to use shorter range tools, and um, it, as a result, they have to either crash in or stay out where they're at. And if they're not equipped to win the fight where they're at, then uh, you know they're faced with the choice of either just getting pecked at or coming and getting it. And uh, to this point, no one's decided to do that second thing. <laughs> the, you talked about uh, trying to be a little different. You're definitely different on the ground, even if it's just by ability level than, than most MMA fighters. But you're definitely different on the feet as well. Like you, you weren't just boxing. You weren't doing Muay Thai. You had a very like you know um, sideways sideways stance. Is that stuff that you you know karate or taekwondo? Is that stuff you trained a lot before Ryan, or did you guys work on that type of stance and approach? 
because of your attributes and you felt like it, it, it could lend itself well to the matchup or your body type? Well, I, I never, uh, I, I played baseball, you know, before I got into martial arts and never really did uh, karate or taekwondo. But um, nowadays, you know, I feel very fortunate to get to work with uh, with Tan and Vin Lee, um, who, uh, Tan was one of my friends um, that we met on The Ultimate Fighter. He's an absolutely unbelievable striker. He, he's fantastic. You know, he's, he's not as uh, as well-known yet as, as some of the other guys, you know, the you know, the Scoggins, the, uh, the Wonder Boys, but, uh, man, his, you know, for whatever it's worth coming from, from me, I, I went, and again, who the heck am I as a striker, but it's, uh, this guy is, is special. And, um, you know, if you have to strike with him, <laughs> God be with you. It, it's like, it's kind of like the Wonder Boy situation. It, it's a, it's a pretty tough thing. And, uh, you know, so, um, you know, I've just always done, I've done my best, whether it's jujitsu or, uh, or MMA to, to try to build my game into, into the holes tactically, technically, and even psychologically that I believe exist in, in, in uh, some of the athletes and uh, some of the coaches. And, um, you know, hopefully that will continue to experience success. Awesome, Ryan. It's uh, Jimmy again. You're definitely pioneering the leg attack game in MMA, which is even relatively new, let's say, for jiu-jitsu. Yeah, right. right. You, you see the emergence um, of, you know, the leg game in jiu-jitsu. With the leg game and you, you know, rolling to the ground for the legs, um, in the fight we saw a few, let's say, kicks to the head of down opponents. Do you have any comments on that? Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Gray is a grimy dude, you know, so he kicked me in the face illegally once we were on the ground. I can't say if it was on purpose or not. Um, you know, I mean, in his, in his last fight against Fernando Bruno, he full-on grabbed Fernando's cup and tried to, like, rip it behind his back. And I remember thinking, like, man, this guy came here all the way from Brazil for this? Come on, man. But, um, you know, it, it, kicks to down opponents will happen, you know, periodically. I'm not too worried about it. Um, you know, I was I looking back, you know, if I hadn't appealed to the referee at that moment, maybe I would have jumped on Gray's back or something. But, uh, you know, I wanted to make it clear that, that certain things were happening. Um you know, I've heard people going, oh, man, if there were soccer kicks, if there were soccer kicks, I'd rip your leg off. Yeah, I dare you to give me a foot. So it's just not really a big concern. And, and really, jiu-jitsu, you guys mentioned that uh, um, that um, the leg attacks are new in jiu-jitsu. They're not. They're not even slightly new. It's just they're, people get excited about it now because of Twitter and Instagram and all that nonsense. I've been doing this stuff since way back when. Um, Dean Lister... You know, I mean, Muscas, Imanari, and MMA, guys before that, you know, they've been around for a while. It's just for the longest time. And the IBJJF, of course, they're, they're illegal because I have my own speculation as to why that is, but I'll, I'll leave that for another time. But, uh, you know, the leg, the leg attack game is, is definitely evolving a little bit, but, um, you know, it, it's always been there. And, um, and, and I believe will always be there, but just like everything else in, in martial arts, particularly in competitive martial arts, I think it tends to be cyclical. So, uh, I guess we'll have to, I'm interested to see what kind of comes up next as a result of it. We, I, we're really curious. I want to hear what your your theory on this because you're not going to get a you're not going to find a friend in IBJJF rules and me. So I'm I'm completely eager to hear why <laughs> why like I I think and I, and I'll and I'll say this too by the for, by the way I've had Hensel Gracie in his office tell me the same thing. Tell me like oh I have no idea what those rules are. That's just like cousin that made those rules right he's like yeah, this yeah. Is, that stuff's gonna ruin jujitsu i've had so we're, i don't think we're alone here but like what what's you spent a long time before you delved into mma and committed you know grappling on on, on uh, the jiu-jitsu circuit submission grappling circuit for a long time so you have as much experience with as wide a set of rules as anyone what's what's your what's your theory on that um well you know i think the IBJJF is, is definitely it's it's tough because uh they they run by far, I mean, really, the only high-level key tournaments. Uh, I guess them, them and the World Pro. Um, but uh, 
you know, the, 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 the level of competition at the, at the big IBJJF tournaments is unrivaled. It's phenomenal. Uh, that being said, it's run by a dude that owns a team, Gracie Baja, that competes in it, that pays all the refs, that owns Gracie Mag, you know what I mean? Like, there's still, and also has some of his own sons and cousins and whatnot competing in it. Those, those conflicts of interest are just, it layered enough to be like the like the political system or something. It's unbelievable, and uh, basically, um, you know, the rules are meant to, in my opinion, I'm speculative. Um, I think they were meant to neuter people that would have beaten the Brazilian guys back in the day. Um, you know, they try to remove wrestling as much as possible. Stalling is almost never enforced, and if it's enforced, it's it's enforced in a ridiculous manner. Um, and leg locks are more or less removed. Um, that being said, the, the level of competition is unrivaled. You know, the only ADCC has gone significantly downhill, unfortunately. But, uh, you know, in its heyday, ADCC was easily the best, you know, Nogi tournament out there. It's still the best Nogi tournament out there, in my opinion, even though it's, it's not quite what it once was. But, uh, yeah, the rules there obviously are, are well intended. But, you know, then you have the, the turtle stalling rule, the, the reset rule, rather, that, that allows you know, matches go on for 45 minutes, even though you suplay me on the back of my head, I rolled to my knees, so it doesn't count. Um, you know, it's a, uh, you know, I, I think that just by adjusting a couple of knee reaping rules and the, you know, the stalling calls, I, I think we could have, you know, gotten ourselves to a more reasonable rule set than, than some of the places where the sub only things have gone because they've created another huge giant problem. Um, in my opinion that, uh, you know, that, that really hasn't solved or addressed the, the original grievances that people have with the IBJJF. Hmm. That's interesting. What's um, what what's what do you imagine is going to be next for you now, Ryan? It's I'm assuming you're relatively healthy. Um, do you have a plan? And for those that don't know, we're here with Ryan Hall, and you balance a lot of things, Ryan. Like you're you're a full time UFC fighter, tough champion. Um, that's that's his own career, but you also have a, a really large, successful school um, as well, which takes a ton of time. You also travel to do your own training. So you, you, you know, I was talking with with um, with Kenny Florian the night of the fight. He was working, and and we, we chatted a little bit, and he was super excited and, and talked about how the game plan had kind of gone uh, the way, um, you know, gone the way. He, he wasn't surprised by how well you did. And then, you know, you, you go on to California to train with him. You go up to Montreal to train with Faraz. Like, what's next for you? Do you? Are you looking for another fight, or do you need to take time to do seminars, teach? Like, what what do you imagine is next for you in your schedule? Uh, thank you for asking. I, uh, you know, I, I try to run as much of a plan sort of operation as I reasonably can. Um, you know, when, when it comes to the academy, uh, you know, I feel like uh, I, I feel very fortunate to, to have the students that we do and the instructors that we do. My wife is, a, is actually a very, very good black belt, and she she's more or less in charge of the academy at this point. I'm, I'm there, of course. But, uh, you know, I, it's nice to have someone that, that you can trust completely to run it. And uh, it, uh, so that, that oftentimes, you know, you know, takes care of itself. Um, you know, we've got other instructors that help as well. I, I don't really teach a lot of seminars, although, uh, you know, you never know if a uh, it's fun sometimes, but traveling around, if I'm going to travel and take time away from my family and from the gym, I'd prefer to do it for training. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, when it comes to the, to the next step, it's it's hard exactly to say. Um, you know, I'm definitely, uh, you know, looking forward to fighting again. But, um, you know, it's uh, we'll have to kind of see what comes. And, uh, you know, I, I, I am not a believer in the do whatever, you know, they call you, you do whatever they say type of thing. That's just not how I operate, and that's not how I ever will operate. So uh, we'll just have to, we'll have to see kind of what, what comes up and what's available. But I look forward to, 
you know, to doing my best and, and testing myself against the, the best opposition available, the absolute best. I, I'm not interested in fighting bombs. I didn't get into MMA for that. Um, and, and it's taken me a long time to get to where I am. And I, I feel very fortunate to be here, and I feel very fortunate to have gotten through, uh, you know, mo- most of my fights um, with more or less unmarked. That's uh, a trend that I hope continues, but you never know. And it's, it's a rough sport, and as a result, you never know how much time you've got. I, I'm not interested in, in spending it frivolously. Well, Ryan, thanks. We could talk with you for for an hour more, man, but we'll, we'll let you go. Thanks so much for taking time with us, brother. Oh, man, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. Thank you so much, and, uh, you know, um, just thank you again. I hope to talk to you guys again soon. Yeah, and you know what? I forgot. Tell people where they can find you, you know, whether it's your, your academy, website, Twitter, whatever. Where can folks find follow you? Um, you know, I live right outside of Washington, D.C., in, in, a, in a town called Falls Church. Um, you know, we run, my wife and, and, the, and I uh, run a, a martial arts school um, called 5050 Jiu-Jitsu or 5050 Martial Arts Academy, and it's 5050BJJ.com. You know, anyone from everywhere is, uh, is welcome, and, um, you know, I, I look forward to training with anybody. So I hope that, uh, you know, that, that people have enjoyed the interview. Thank you guys again so much for having me on, and uh, just hopefully uh, can do it again sometime. Absolutely. Anytime you want, Ryan. Thanks, brother. Thank you, Ryan. Take care. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Now, we just had Ryan Hall, who um, tough winner, just beat Gray Maynard. We've been talking a lot about their fight because there was so much controversy. What, what have you felt, Jimmy, about the, some of the answers uh, you got from them? You, you rose a really a good question to his coach, Frost Sahabi, like, hey, that works. But, like, are you, especially the way the MMA landscape is and kind of cruel, like, are you worried that – you maybe won't get good matchups or, you know, you know, just good opportunities if people aren't enjoying and appreciating what you're doing. So you talked about kind of fan response. You you asked uh, Ryan about how he plans to evolve his game, which got a good <laughs> good, yeah. good rise out of him, which is totally understandable. But, like, what, what, what have you felt about some of the answers you, uh, you gotten back from him? Uh, well, I guess with the game evolution, it depends on the purpose, mm. I guess, of the roles, too. If – the purpose is okay. He has my. He caught my kick. I need to defend myself. Then yeah, the role worked 100. Mm-hmm. percent I guess the way that I meant it more was with the purpose of grounding our opponent and finishing the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at it from that perspective, I see room for improvement. Um, and I'm sure he does too, yeah. right? Like I'm sure I'm sure they're always tweaking it, but right. he's getting a lot of heat from certain people, and so he's he wants to first and foremost probably say like, "Hey, hey right, I did pretty man. good, right? Yeah, <laughs> I did win the fight, <laughs> right, right, right." And to your comment on I guess improving and moving forward in the UFC, I think that is the, the foremost important thing is just win fights. Right? Mm-hmm, yeah. You got to take care of that first. Hopefully, you know. Everything else takes care of itself for mm-hmm. him, um, but he's right. You know, winning the fight and not taking damage for the longevity of his career is yeah. first and foremost. Um, I am glad he touched on the head kick. Um, he did kind of try and plead the case to the judge, saying, yeah. "Hey, this dude just kicked me in the face." But he, you know, he's starting to climb the leg into the saddle position. It's one of the strongest finishing yeah. positions you can with the. Get with the legs. I'm glad he addressed and, that too. And then he did lose it, and I'm glad he realizes it. And again, here I am from the back seat saying, <laughs> "Oh, you should have hold on to the leg." But you know, in the moment, you just took you know a small kind of heel kick to the face. Right. You kind of want 
justice for it. Sure, sure. Completely. No, it makes sense. I mean, it's probably like win or lose. There's always things we can, you know, these guys can and gals think that they can improve. Like uh, Gray was pissed, but he even acknowledged, hey, I should have engaged more. You know, Ryan is definitely and should be really pleased with the win over a great opponent. Someone that I don't think a lot of people necessarily picked him to beat. Like it was a, you know, we take it for granted now after the fact, you know. But he could, he's, it's not like he was realizing, like, yeah, maybe I should have just kept following up. I would have had right. the back. So there's, there's always stuff to uh, improve upon. Um, I, before we go to it, we got Mike Brown on the on the line. Hopefully next, we're gonna call him in a moment. Wanted real quickly though, Jimmy, in a thirty seconds or a minute or so, he talked about submission grappling and jiu-jitsu tournament rules. And I know that's very much your your world right now. Um, um, you're competing at a high level and jumping back in. Do you, when you look to where you're going to compete, do you care much about the rules right now, or are you saying, you know what, I'm going to, I do like certain rules better, but I'm just going to take what I can get? So at this point, for me, it's, you know, I have my game. It's all submission grappling, right? It's just you're given a set of constraints and then you're given a deadline, and then you have to say, how can I adjust myself mm. so I can fit my game within these constraints in the most effective way possible, mm. right? So if that becomes too much of a problem for you, then maybe you have to address some questions about your training camp, um, everything like that. So mm. well, we could go into the philosophy of why should any submissions be banned at a high level. It's you've been practicing you know, a specific sport for... 15 20 years right. why can't you handle someone cranking on your heel yeah um but again we don't get to make that choice sure. you just have to kind of play in by the rules mm-hmm. that you feel like participating in gotcha. that's fair enough we're going to try to get coach mike brown former featherweight world champion mike brown on the line he's one of the main coaches out of the biggest gym probably in the world att american Tile team out of south florida dial mike up see if he's around Mike, hey, it's it's Elias. I'm here with uh, my uh, co-host uh, Jimmy. How you doing, sir? What's going on? How's things? Things are going great, man. Thanks so much for uh, for being on on the show, man. Jimmy's actually he's a he's a teammate of mine and uh, and a coach of mine and a really great grappler. I know I've I've gotten the chance to learn from you a little bit, um, but we're both really excited to to chat with you, man. All right, on. Let's do it. Cool, cool. So you've had a lot of stuff. You're always busy, like you and mm-hmm. Dean Thomas. Uh, like almost at almost every event, you're always traveling. You've um, you, you just had Joanna Jane Janecek um, fight and win and defend her title. I really want to dig into that, uh, Mike. Obviously, congrats on, on on the win. She she looked great when she came to you. She came to you as uh, a world char- a champion, arguably like a pretty dominant world champion. Really phenomenal. Was improving every fight. What was the what was the like meeting period like? Like what it, and how is it always like? I guess like do you, do you, do you meet and say okay? Do we get along? Uh, do you assess where she's at in certain things? I mean, how did you guys even just begin um, first pairing up? Because at American Top Team, there's a ton of great coaches. How did you two end up pairing up? And how did you f- start just assessing like okay, where is she at? What type of fighter is she? Uh, well, it was a little different. I mean, things like that it doesn't happen every day at the gym when where you get a you know brand new undefeated world champ you know added to the roster um but she was looking for a change 
she wanted to uh, make some improvements, which, you know, you have to take your hat off to that. Uh, undefeated world champ look, looking to uh, pull away from the pack and get better. You know, that that's a, a great mindset to have. Uh, she was in contact with the the girls from perfecting athletes and and they reached out to me and and asked if it was possible for her to to come to the gym and and check american top team out um i talked to dan lambert and the other coaches and and some of the girls and and they said uh, this wouldn't be a problem but you know bring her on in and and we'll see if it's a fit see if it's a fit for her see if it's a fit for us you know if there's chemistry there and it's going to work out and uh you know she she made the trip over and and uh you know th- things went things went well uh she uh she she fit it she fit in great and it was a little bit of uh short time there was only like seven seven or eight weeks for her fight so we didn't have a whole lot of time to to, to try to add anything to the skill set but um i think in the in the future there there'll We'll see a lot of new weapons, new tools, and uh, some some changes in, in some future fights. Well, she she's pretty much like relocated as well to Florida, right? So she's living there for most of the year. She'll be able to get work in throughout the year. Yeah, she will. But um, right after her fight, she had a reality TV show <laughs> that she had to go to Argentina for. So I'm, I'm not sure the details, but I know she's been busy doing doing that. I don't know what it's all about completely, but. Um, I think she's she's back now, but cool. she was a few weeks gone. Like you said, you had short time uh, with her. Relatively, like a what when you when you've got um, that type of situation, like what what do you what do you focus on in, in camp, especially if it's someone you're it, that's new to you and and uh, you're new to them, Mike, and and also even in that short time, what kind of sense of how fast of a learner um, did you get? Um, from Joanna, how fast of a learner she is, especially with things like wrestling, takedown defense, and and, and work on the ground. Um, yeah, r- really, really, really quick learner, really open minded, and uh, crazy work ethic. Hmm. So that's, I mean, that's the biggest part of it, right? You know, the the drive, the desire to to, to train. You know, more than everyone else, just putting in the work, putting in the, putting in the volume, putting in the time, and you know, even if you're not feeling the best, you're just in in there trying to improve all the day. That's kind of I think what separates her from the rest of the pack. Um, yeah, you could. I mean, you saw that that right away. But you know, when you're you're arriving and you're pretty much in fight camp, you know, there's a fine line there. You 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 really want to you know sharpen your tools, and you know, we don't want to mess anything up that that she's been doing because whatever she's been doing has been working you know so we got to be careful you know we, we don't want to mess with the formula too much um but it was it was really get you know get in shape work a few key you know key details or you know some basic fundamental stuff that that positional things maybe as far as like takedown defense and offensive grappling type stuff that that we worked on and changed right away but for the most part it was like you know get in shape get sharp you know um make sure you know everything's running perfectly for the fight hey mike this is jimmy it's a pleasure to talk to you um you touched on it briefly so let's say moving forward 
Um, you get this champion at a super high level, um, and now you're kind of tasked with how do we make her better, right? And there's kind of two schools of thought. Is one, we play to the strengths. How can we sharpen the sword? Or do we try and maybe bring up some of her other abilities to make her um, a well-rounded fighter? What's the game plan moving forward? I mean, I think improve everywhere, you know, or, I mean, get better at, at, at what she's good at. Obviously, you know, it's, that's, that's, you know, that's, that's going to happen as well. Work, work on it, on, on everything. But I really think we'll make the biggest gains in, you know, the takedown defense, takedown offense, kind of MMA strategy stuff because she was a you know world champion kickboxer already, so the striking is pretty high level. But there's some just small fundamental changes that we could make to, to her grappling that I think will will uh, give her some big jumps in that department. Hmm, we got a little something in the studio. Sorry, I don't know what that noise was. That's right. Um, Mike, how quickly did, you know, we talked about technique a little bit, and um, how quickly did you feel, assuming you have, like, do you guys have already, like, a pretty good bond? Like, do you feel yeah, connected? Yeah, you know, I think so. It's, yeah, it's, it's working well. It's, it's, the system's working well, and, and uh, I think she trusts me and, and uh, happy to, to have her at the gym, and I, I think it's going to be, a, you know, we're going to make a good team. Um, you know, we work with other coaches at the gym. It's, it's, we're, you know, it's a team. It's not me and Yuan. It's me and, and Kami Barzini. It's, it's Cattell Kubis. You know, it's, uh, uh, there's some strength coaches that she's working with also. So it's, it's a, it's a team effort, you know. You mentioned off the bat that you were put into contact with Joanna with um, the the women from Perfecting Athletes. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I've, I've spoken with them a bit. They, they do, weight management and weight cutting strategies and they've done it with a lot of big names uh, high level fighters like her Chris Weidman a number of folks um, I, I, we always get the sense that it's the, the cut is not easy down to 115 for Joanna for although she's raved about how this one went from, and maybe too soon but from your conversations with her you're talking like if the UFC eventually puts a 125 class like I think they should for women um is that basically something you guys you, that you would like to see her do? Is to say, all right, let's a long term, let's move up because she's still young. She's gonna mm. get older and, and better, but it might be tough to continue to make that cut. Yeah, without a doubt, she has the ability to be a, a two weight champion. I mean, it's it's a pretty big cut for her, um, but she would fight just fine, just to fine at one twenty five, if not better. Mm. Mm. Want to move along before we let you go, Mike? To this, uh, I think it's UFC 207. Ronda Rousey is fighting the champ, Amanda Nunes. I believe that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much you you may or may not be working with with Amanda now. I know you've you've worked a lot with her, and you know uh, in the past. How do you see that matchup going? I see it a uh, very tough night for Ronda. Honestly, you know, I, I think she's got to make some drastic changes if she if she wants to have a shot at amanda amanda is uh you know super well-rounded super gifted uh athlete and uh v- real dangerous for for uh for ronda i mean i don't, I, I would think that she's going to make some changes after you know watching the film and, and studying some of her past fights i would guess you know holly opened up you know a lot of eyes and and showed like a clear br- blueprint of of how you can beat beat this girl, and uh, you know, I think Amanda has that skill set to do it. 
Do you do you th- what do you think about the the Ronda's chances at consistently taking down and and holding down um, if she needs to uh, Amanda in that fight? Do you do you think do you know that Amanda's got um, the ability to defend the takedowns again? Ronda presents some real like specific takedown threats that uh, at least at the level she does that not a lot of people face. Right, like people are more used to different types of wrestling stuff, and she doesn't usually. Go for those um, at at all? Do you, are you guys pretty confident that Amanda's going to be able to fight this fight um, wherever she wants? Yeah, I think so. But uh, Amanda also comes from a judo background. That's what she she started at. You know, I'm, uh, Ronda went to a much higher level, obviously, sure. with it. But you know, I think it's it's about you know footwork. Smart feet, good, good motion, good movement, you know, and I think you know Holly showed showed that. I think that's the uh, the key to to not being taken down is, is smart feet, smart motion. Well, we'll we'll get you out of here in a moment, Coach. Been on with with Mike Brown from ATT. Um, Mike, I lose track, man. Where where are you going next? Who do you got coming up next? Who are you cornering next? I know you've probably got forty people in the next um, month or so, but where? What, what's up next for you guys? Uh, yeah, we have uh, this weekend. We have Valerie Letourneau fight right. fighting in Toronto. I'm not making that trip, but uh, best of luck to her. And then uh, next weekend after that, we have um, big fight for Brad Pickett. He's fighting Uriah Faber and, and Faber's uh, final fight. Big big fight for both of those guys. Uh, Colby Covington is also fighting that night, and Cole Miller. So uh, I'll right. be out there in Sacramento with those guys and. Uh, Hopefully, we're gonna bring home three wins on a big night. I gotta. That's right. I gotta actually. I'll, I gotta stop you and, and and ask you again. Two two quick things with Brad Pickett fighting Uriah Faber. Uriah Faber is obviously someone you you know very well. Um, it's 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 believed, if I'm not incorrect, it's how you became world champ. Um, is is by beating him. How much has, if at all, has, has Brad kind of relied on, on, on your coaching and your perspective um, for, for that matchup? Or is that something that you guys don't really do too much of? Uh, it depends on the particular matchup. Well, no, I think it helps. I mean, I think it, Brad Styles is very similar to mine. And, uh, but this is a you know, accumulation of years and years of techniques and ability. And it's, it's you know, all coming down to this fight. He's been, you know, tra- training for several years and has a, a really solid, well-rounded game and, and uh, a lot of tricks that people have seen and, and a lot of stuff that he shows in the room that people aren't even aware of. So he has a lot of tools that uh, people have been, have been seen and, and he can surprise people with, with other stuff. So it's... Uh, I look forward to the fight, and I expect Brad to, to come on on top. You, you mentioned Cole, who's uh, was, is a friend of a friend of ours, great guy, great fighter. Um, obviously, that's a great matchup. But I don't know if you've seen Cole's always been outspoken, but in a couple of recent interviews, Mike, he's he's really kind of been even more outspoken leading into this fight just you know about his dissatisfaction with pay treatment from the ufc and of course we have more groups than ever now talking about unionizing or forming associations um i'm sure you're aware of this stuff i mean is this overall a a, a positive for you people paying more attention to fighter pay and fighter compensation in your mind yeah i think it's important i mean i saw the interview with cole i liked it i liked it because you know, it was honesty. You could see that he was very sincere, and he was talking from the heart, and he and he wasn't just saying what he's supposed to say or you know what 
politically correct thing to say. He was just speaking uh, from his heart and, and, and saying what he feels. And uh, it was it was interesting. And uh, I, I he went through a lot of, you know, tough times and, and had some problems in this last, you know, six months. He just had a kid and, and uh, times can be tough when, you know, you don't get any, any money for, for a long period of time or for a year or, or more, however long sometimes these layoffs can be. Um, but, yeah, I think it's important that the, the the fighters communicate more, you know, talk to each other, know what's going on and, and try to come together and stick together for, you know, for the cause of all. Well, Coach Mike Brown, former world champ Mike Brown, thanks so much for being on the Extra Rounds podcast. Me and uh, Jimmy certainly appreciate it, and best of luck with, with all these uh, fights you got coming up in Sacramento. Hey, brother. thanks. Awesome, man. I uh, love the show. Uh, good good luck in the future. Thank you, sir. You as well. Take care. All right, take care. Bye. Well, that was cool. Um, I was like yeah. talking to Mike. He's a really, you know understated soft-spoken guy but um he's always forthcoming and stuff and he's and he's freaking busy like yeah. seriously every time <laughs> i've been at a ufc Sounds he's like there it. him and dean thomas they just yeah. got so many people out of uh, out of att um uh really good dude you definitely like uh like training with him he's got he's one of those those rustlers that ended up learning everything you know and, and mm-hmm. became competent on the feet more than competent and became a great jiu-jitsu player too it's uh it, it, it's it's pretty cool to see um we're about ready to wrap it up soon in, in, in a moment. I've uh, been joined this whole time by guest co-host Jimmy O'Shea, my TDC MMA teammate and is also a coach, an instructor, and a coach at uh, Mission MMA here in Chicago as well. Um, I, I talked over you a bunch, but, man, you had some really cool uh, technical questions too, man. I, I love having you on. we got to have you on yeah, more I often. Yeah, I could dig into the technique all day. <laughs> I'm sure like half the audience doesn't even want to hear about <laughs> it's it. It's all right. It's, it's, it's for, it's for my own entertainment. Time, yeah, yeah, no, I, I really dig it. But we had some really technical people. You know, for us, a hobby uh, was a high-level fighter, high-level uh, um, uh, trainer. And he really, he's, he's a super technical guy for people that haven't watched. I don't know if you've checked it out, but right. our Matt Johnson, our, our Muay Thai coach uh, at, at TDC MMA, turned me on to watching his videos. He does really good breakdowns of stuff on the ground and the feet. Ryan Hall can talk forever about technique, too. So... I think we had the right uh, right uh, uh, guest host for the for the right guest this week for sure, man. Um, we are about ready to wrap up the live stream. Um, if you are listening to this uh, later, you caught a little bit, and you want to watch, uh, listen to the rest of it. We'll be up on iTunes um, soon at the Extra Rounds Podcast. We're also up in Google Play Store and. Mike Dice tells me a whole host of other places to find uh, <laughs> podcasts as well. Oh, yeah. So if you're, if you're listening there uh, and you like it, please give us a five-star review. Feel free to share it. Um, always feel free during these live streams to, to give us some, uh, some comments. we got some fun feedback that I haven't been able to. We've got Christopher's win uh, saying good stuff. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Thomas Sullivan saying this is awesome. Thomas Sullivan, you're awesome. And Mike Dice from his... From his uh, <clears throat> from his bed, recovering, becoming stronger than ever. Said, "Great show, guys. We appreciate it." So, uh, thanks to everyone for uh, for listening and watching. I've been seeing this, some in, some really good activities, some shares out there. Really appreciate it. Like if like it if you like us. Give us good reviews if you like us. Uh, Jimmy, I I don't know if you want to put your stuff out there in terms of social media, but man, where can people find you, especially if it's in the Chicago area and they want to train with you or they want to. You know, whatever you touch your awesome hair. What, 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 <laughs> where can people find you online or in person, brother? You said it all. Find me in person. I train out of TDC. 
um, mixed martial arts. I train out of, or I coach out of Mission MMA. Um, they're both in West Loop, West Town. Um, come on in anytime. You can talk to me. Uh, in terms of shout outs, I have one shout out. I have a happy birthday to Mr. Tim Gowan. So uh, that's about it. No, happy. no Twitter handles, hashtags, anything. Happy birthday, Tim. Um, and uh, Jimmy, thanks so much. Thanks everyone for, for watching and for listening. We'll see you next week. Take care, guys.